Lesson 3. And there's just so much there. So here's what you want to do. Turn in your Bibles. And by the way, this lesson, we may not complete this one today. I've been trying to get through each one, but there's a lot in this. And let me just say this. The next two, this one and the next one, are amazing because this one deals with the tribulation. And it's basically the different views of the tribulation. But the lesson following this one is actually going to take us through the tribulation, which most studies don't do that. And we'll have to go to a lot of places, but I'm going to show you that as well. So this lesson, we may not finish the whole study uh, this morning, but we'll finish it the next time, and then we'll get into the, the next one. So there's a lot there. So let's start with a prayer, and then let's get into the study. Heavenly Father, what a great morning. Thank you for our Sunday school class. Thank you for the privilege that we have of looking at your word. Thank you for Jesus. And Lord, we never want to take for granted what our Savior has done, how he died and rose again, how he gives eternal life as a gift to anyone who believes. And we thank you, Lord, that salvation is a gift, and it's not our works, our righteousness, our goodness, our faithfulness. Anything that we do, we take the gift of eternal life by faith. Lord, thank you for the truths of what you have planned for the end and how, Lord, that uh, Jesus Christ is going to come as the King of kings and the Lord of lords and rule in righteousness and justice. So, Lord, as we look at the different views of end times and see how the Bible puts it all together, that you would teach us, we'd see all of these things, and we continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Savior. Lord, we just want to know how it fits so that we can be ready to give an answer to those who, who question, who want, who want to know. Use us, Lord, for your glory. Teach us now, Lord. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. And, and, and by the way, when you think about it, Matthew 24 and 25 is a key passage in the Bible dealing with what we call the tribulation. We're seeing great truths about end times. We're seeing what God's Word says about the end times, about the coming future events. Now, the question might be, why is it so important to learn about the end time events? I think two things. One is just the comfort. When you know the Word, when you know how things fit together, it helps us when we know how it's going to turn out. The old saying is, you know, we win, and the truth is we do. Jesus Christ is the king. He comes back in righteousness and justice. So there's some great things there. So it's a comfort for us. But second, so to teach other people, to help people know and understand the Bible. We, we know it is our responsibility to take what we know and pass it on. That's Second Timothy 2, too. But there are also people who are not even Christians who come up and they say things like about end times. And you can say, well, let me show you. I can show you how the Bible fits together so you can understand the end times events, those kind of things. Over the last few weeks, we've seen a number of things. We've seen the flow of end-time events. We, last time we looked at the kingdom and the different views of the kingdom. And, and, of course, the kingdom is the time Jesus Christ will reign on the earth. Now, we know that some people don't believe that. Some people take the Bible not in a literal way, but they take it more of a, a spiritualization, that kind of thing. But we believe the kingdom is a time when Jesus Christ will rule on this earth and he'll rule for a thousand years. We talked about that. We saw the different views. This morning, we're going to look at the tribulation. And when people say the tribulation, it, you people go, oh, my gosh, the tribulation, what, what's going to happen there? We, we find that uh, there are a lot of different views about that. And, and we're going to see what will happen, when it will happen, who will be involved. And what we want to do is be able to put it together. The comfort that I want to give you before we get into anything, when you look at the Bible from a historical, literal, grammatical interpretation and how things fit together, it is obvious that the church, the body of Christ, us, we will be taken out before that tribulation time period. Now, I'm going to show you the different views and those kind of things, but I just want you to see that. Well, you know, when you hear the word tribulation, it is strong. It, it's scary. 
tribulation is a time of suffering. In fact, it's the worst time of suffering ever. Why do people get so afraid about it? Well, first of all, there's just that fear. People say, I don't want to be there. Will the church go through it, uh, the tribulation? And, and will believers go through this terrible time? And there are people who ask that question all the time. And In fact, I've, I've, I've got people who will say, uh, I don't know what we're going to do because it's just going to be so horrible, and, and I hope I stand strong. And I, I say, wait. Wait, you're not even going to be in that. The, the second reason why, some people just wonder what's going to happen. And, and people even say things like this. Uh, well, I've been taught that it's already happened. That this tribulation time period was actually the first century when Rome was persecuting the Jews and persecuting the church, and, and that's what that is. Well, is there a tribulation? Look, look at Matthew 24. Look at verse 21. Look what he says. For there will be a great tribulation... Such has such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. Now, this is Jesus speaking. Jesus says there will be a great tribulation. And he's talking about a future time. And he says there's going to come a time on this earth which will be the worst time it's ever been, and there'll never be another time as bad as this time. And so there's a lot there. Think about it. There'll be, the, you know, we think about the rapture of the church and then the peace pact with Israel and the man of sin and putting up the idol in the temple and the thing called the abomination, desolation, and the mark of the beast and 666 and the great suffering and the wars and rumors of wars and the second coming of Christ and all of these different things. They all take place in a time period, basically, which covers about seven years. So there'll be a time when the world is judged. And so the questions that we think about is there'll be suffering. Will we be there? Will the church be there? Which, of course, is the same question because we're the church, the body of Christ. But people ask it that way. Some people say, well, maybe, 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 the church, maybe part of the church will be gone. Maybe, who knows? Well, this morning, we want to look at that time called the tribulation. Now, let me remind you, and guess what I remembered to bring this time? I've got it. Let, let's talk about the, the business, how we see the Scripture fitting together. This is what we call a premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational view of end times. That's a big way of saying we take the Bible literally, and this is how it fits together, Okay. And this is what we see. The first coming, Jesus Christ came to the earth. He died on the cross. He paid for sin. He rose again, walked on the earth for 40 days, ascended to heaven. Ten days later, the Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost, and the church age began. We are in the church age now. With the church age is the body of Christ made up of Jews and Gentiles who have trusted in Jesus Christ. The next event we believe to happen is the rapture. This is not the first coming or the second coming. It's a coming in the clouds. This is to the earth. This is to the earth. Jesus comes in the clouds. The dead in Christ rise first we are alive and remain to be caught up together with him we're going to be taken off the face of the earth and we're going to talk a little bit about what what happens to us and i'm i'm, I'm expanding this study when i first started the study i thought it might be four lessons now it's going to be at least six lessons it may be more than that because one of the questions is that people ask is okay if we are raptured out what where are we and what are we doing while this is going on I'm not going to tell you. No, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it because there's the aspect of rewards. There's the aspect of what we call the judgment seat of Christ. And so we'll talk about that. So anyway, we'll be up there. There'll be a tribulation time period on the earth, which we're going to talk about this morning. At the end of the tribulation, this is seven years. Uh, at, 
At the end of tribulation, Jesus Christ comes. We're going to come with him. The Old Testament saints will come. Their bodies will be raised at this time. Our bodies were already raised there at the rapture. And they come to the earth to set up the kingdom. We saw it last time that we believe Jesus Christ will come as the King of kings and Lord of lords and rule on the earth for a thousand years. That's why it's called the millennial kingdom. He rules in righteousness and justice. At the end of the thousand years, there'll be another battle because Satan has been bound for a thousand years. He comes back. He fools people. They'll will be a, a, a second battle of Gog and Magog, as they call it. There'll be the final battle. Jesus Christ takes care of everything, and then there'll be what they call a great white throne judgment, and books are open. The books of life are open. Anybody's name not found written in the book of life, cast into the lake of fire. All the rest of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior from all time, we're going into, and the people who lived during this thousand years, of course, they will go, we'll go into the eternal state, which Second Peter calls the eternal kingdom, and will rule in righteousness and justice. That that's the flow of the end times. That's how we see it. We talked last time that people look at the kingdom in a different way. There's some people who say, well, at the church age, there is none of this right here. The church age is actually the kingdom, and, and we're going to do better and better and better. In fact, let me, let me remind you of this, and I think I have it on my... Yeah, we said uh, that there's... a. Uh, what I called a post-millennial... Do we have a slide that shows those? Okay, post-millennial view says that we will establish the kingdom on this earth, which is going on right now. We're going to make it better and better and better and better and better, and we're going to Christianize the world, and then Christ will come back. There is a second view that says... There will never be a literal kingdom on this earth. It's a spiritual kingdom. The church has replaced Israel. They believe the same thing as well. And so if there's a kingdom, it's a spiritual kingdom going on right now. So there's really no such thing as a literal kingdom. And then the third view, of course, is the premillennial view, which Jesus comes, sets up the kingdom, and rules for a thousand years. And uh, th that's the view. Now, let me show you something. If you just think about this. In the post, uh, go back. In the post-millennial view, in which there's a kingdom, and then Jesus comes, where's the tribulation? Huh? There's not one. Okay, in the amillennial view, in which there is no kingdom, and we're going along now, where's the tribulation? Some, and some would say that the tribulation was a spiritual aspect. A lot of it happened in the first century when the persecution came to the Jews and the Ro from the Romans to the Jews and the Christians. And that was the tribulation that the Bible talked about. And it was a spiritual type thing anyway. It wasn't really a literal, you know, antichrist or any other kind of thing. So in this view and in this view, there's no tribulation at all. So the only people that actually hold to a actual coming tribulation is our view. If you go back to the slide before it, Okay, we believe that there's the rapture followed by the tribulation. The other two views say the church age is the kingdom. The other one says the church age is the kingdom, so there's no literal kingdom. And then our view says, no, the church age is not the kingdom. We're taking out tribulation, then kingdom. So today, we then want to look at this part. Now, a lot of people don't believe this. Now, you remember when the books came out, the end, uh, what was it, the Left Behind series? Y'all remember that. People bought them everywhere. In fact, it was one of the best-selling books of all time. Everybody was buying them. Most of the people who bought those books went to churches that didn't believe anything in those books. They didn't believe there's a rapture, a second coming, a, a, a rapture, a tribulation, all that. So they would read these books. They would go to their pastors and say, okay, this left behind, we're going to be taken out. 
they would look at them and go, well, no. Well, what about this Antichrist? No such thing. This is just a novel. This person's view of the Scripture is different. So you realize that when all those books were written and all those people were reading those books, there's a lot of confusion because people would go to their pastors and say, so when is the rapture? When is this tribulation time period? And most churches would say, that's not really real. This is just a book. The Left Behind series was very well done. There's some things in there, of course, they took liberty with because it's novels. But the form of the rapture, the Antichrist, the seven years, the mark of the beast, all of those things, everything that that's accurate from the Scripture, the second coming and the kingdom, that's all accurate. So even though it was a novel, it was based off this view right there because the people who wrote those books believe like we believe. They believe in a historical, literal, grammatical interpretation of the Bible. Okay. Now, with that in mind, since we know that the post-meal and omnial view have no tribulation, then we have to raise some questions about the tribulation. So, there it is. Is there really a time of tribulation? And when will it be? And who will be involved? That's the big questions. So here, here's the questions. Let's answer the first one. Is there a time of tribulation? What does Matthew twenty four twenty one say? Jesus is speaking. For there will be a great tribulation such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will be. What do you think? You think there's going to be one? How about uh, verse 29? But immediately after the tribulation. Who is speaking? So Jesus says, after the what? Tribulation. So you think there's going to be one? In Second Thessalonians, we won't take the time to turn there, there's a description of a man. Well, no, we, we need to do that. Let, let me just read it. Let me read it. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to. But listen to this. This is pretty incredible when you think about the description. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verses... Let me find it. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. He says, first of all, let no one deceive you. He's writing to the Thessalonians, but let me just tell you something. Some people had come to the church at Thessalonica where Paul had been, and they told the people that the rapture had already occurred and they were in the tribulation. Now, they were having suffering because they were standing for Christ and, and you know, people were against them. And so they said, oh, man, we're in the tribulation now. And Paul said, no, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not in the tribulation. Look what he says, verse 3. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come until the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. Who is this man of lawlessness, son of destruction? Antichrist. Notice what he says. Who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Don't you remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things. So listen, Paul says to the Thessalonians, there's going to be a man come who's going to be a man of sin, who's going to oppose and exalt himself, and he's going to claim to be God, and he's going to be demanded to be worshipped. It says displaying himself as being God. You understand, there's a man coming someday in this world who's going to claim to be God and demand to be worshipped. Revelation 3.10 says that he will take out the church before the testing that comes upon the whole world. So the first question is, is there a time of tribulation? What do you think? Yes. If you take the Bible literally, there's going to be this time. The second question is, when will it be? Well, 
you remember that there are different views. The pre-tribulation view says Jesus Christ is going to come before the tribulation and takes out the church. So it's called pre-tribulation because the church is taken out before the tribulation. Everybody got this? Okay, let me make sure you got it. Pre-tribulation means Jesus is going to come take us out before the tribulation. Everybody got that? Okay, post-tribulation, what do you think that means? Christ is going to come at the end of the tribulation, and the church goes through the tribulation. There are people who believe that we as the body of Christ, someday, all this is going to get worse and worse and worse and worse, and, and then this man of sin will rise, and we will run for our lives, and we'll have to worry about taking the mark of the beast and all of these things, and the whole church will suffer, and there'll be thousands and thousands and thousands of people all killed, Christians and church, and, and then Jesus comes back. That's called post-tribulation. The third view is one that's not very many people hold to, but I put it here. It's called mid-tribulation, which means Christ comes back in the middle the seven years time period starts and about halfway through it Jesus comes back and takes and and there's various views some views as the church goes some views is that just some of the church goes so we'll just have to see that in just a minute when I go through it okay so anybody got that let's look at them let's start with mid-tribulation since it's the the least view that most most people do not hold of this view but here's basically what it is and I've got the drawing here it is Jesus died and rose again. The church starts. We're going along, and all of a sudden, the peace pact is signed with the Antichrist. Nation of Israel does this. Uh, and, and so all of a sudden, we're in this thing. And about the first three and a half years of all the things you read in the Scripture, and I'm going to show you this in a couple of weeks, all the things that happen, we're going through it all. And then about halfway through, Jesus comes, and that's when the rapture takes place. So it takes place halfway through. Now, one of the problems with this view is that, that most people who hold to this view say that only obedient, faithful Christians go in this rapture. If you're not living for Christ when he comes in the clouds, you just finish on out the final three and a half years. Okay? That's normally the view. Where do they get a view like this? Because there's nothing in the Scripture that says halfway through the tribulation he comes back. Well... In Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, there are two witnesses that are proclaiming Christ. They are doing this in the first three and a half years. Okay, we'll get to this in more detail. They are killed. They lay dead for three and a half days, and then they're taken off the face of the earth. People who hold to this view say, those two witnesses are us. And some of the believing Christians when they're killed or whenever, when they're taken off the face of the earth, we're taken off the face of the earth. Now, it doesn't really make sense to me, but that's what they hold to. The other, the problem with the view is this, that when you read the rapture passages, it says that in Christ arise first, and we all who remain will be taken up with him. 1 Corinthians 15.32 says, all will be changed, not some. So the view that some people are taken off and some aren't doesn't fit the Scripture at all. And there's no place in the Scripture that it says halfway through the church is taken out. So that's a view that not very many people hold to, but there are some. On the back of your handout, there are four views. If you see the four views, one's called the what? Partial rapture. Is that one of them? Yeah, and the partial rapture view is that every now and then Jesus comes back and keeps pulling people out. 
Okay? That's why I put that. I didn't even want to discuss that one. I just wanted you to see the drawing. So if you're living good, you get to go. If you're not living good, you don't get to go. Okay? We, we don't like that view, right? We don't, we don't hold to that view. Now, there's a second view, which is called the post-tribulation view, which means Christ comes after the tribulation. And look what this looks like. Here, Christ died and rose again, sent into heaven. We start the church. Church start, the whole tribulation starts, and the church goes all the way through. Now, I want you to notice something carefully. What happens here? Church goes all the way through. At the very end, rapture, Jesus comes. But look, rapture and what? Say the same thing, because what happens, he says, these people who hold to this view says that people are going to go up and come right back down. Okay? This is rapture, second coming, happens all at the same time. Now, I'm going to show you something in a couple of weeks, why that is impossible. Okay? But this is the view they hold. And so, we go all the way through the tribulation, and then he comes and we go, whoop, whoo, and we go into the kingdom. Right? Okay? That's like an elephant. We're just going to go, wow, we're changed. Oh, we're going back down. Okay. Uh, you know, that's, that's that view. And the church will suffer. Now, why in the world? Let me ask you a question. Why would, why would we believe that we as the body of Christ would suffer through the tribulation? What would be, a re- what would be some reasons that people would say the church will go through the tribulation? Okay, that's exactly right, Paul. Great idea. Great point. He says, since Jesus suffered, and even in the Bible it says we suffer with Christ, it's called for us not only to believe in Christ, but to suffer for his sake. Some people actually say that we're supposed to suffer like Christ, and so this is our time of suffering in which we will suffer and many will be killed, and this is where the church is being purified as all these people are killed. That's the view of the post-tribulation. That's exactly right. Now, I don't like this view either, do you? No. Uh, The third view is the pre-tribulation view, which Christ goes before the tribulation. Let me just show you that one. That's the famous one that we see. Christ died and rose again. We're the church. We're taken off the face of the earth. Then there's the tribulation, and we come back. Now, which view do you like the best? I had a friend in seminary that said, well, I think what's going to happen, whatever view a person believes, that's what they would experience. <laughs> so if you thought it was post-trib, you'd just go through the tribulation. If you're pre-trib, you'd just take, be taken out. That's like a joke because no, that's not going to happen. But th- the truth is, if you take the Bible historically, literally, grammatically, you, you can't find a mid-trib view. And the real question is, why would the church suffer? Why? Why would we, the body of Christ, suffer? And now I'm going to give you a hint that you're going to see in, in, in the, the next couple of lessons. But here it is. The tribulation time period is for the nation of Israel. Okay, just remember that. This tribulation time period has nothing to do with the church. That's the main reason we don't go through it is because this seven-year time period deals with the nation of Israel. Now, I'm going to give you a lot of information and show you how this fits in the next couple of lessons, but I just want you to understand that. So when somebody would say to you, the church is supposed to go through it, you could say simply, the church and Israel are two different things. The tribulation deals with the nation of Israel, not the church. 
we're not going to be there. We're going to be taken out. Powerful. I mean, there's so much there. So here's the third question. Who's going to be involved? Well, in the mid-tribulation view and the post-tribulation view, it's the church and the world who's going through the tribulation. But in the pre-tribulation view, the church is gone. Only the world goes through. Now, let me, let me say something that will comfort you in one sense. I've heard people say that we know that... Let, let me just say it this way. What's the next event for us? We, we believe the rapture, right? And we're going to be gone, right? And so we're not going through tribulation. What's going to happen to people? Let's say you've got this next-door neighbor, and you've talked to them about Christ, but they've not trusted Christ. In fact, they tell you stuff like, oh, I, you know, I went to church when I was a kid, but I don't believe in that stuff, and I, just, I don't really want you talking to me about it. I don't want to go to church. So I don't want to know anything about all this stuff. I just believe that, you know, I'm okay the way I'm living. There. And, you know, and you've tried, but then you know all of a sudden there's going to be the sound of the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. We are alive and remain to be caught up together. We're gone, right? What about this guy? He's there. Okay, I've had people say, oh, poor soul. Because once we're gone, I've had people say, once we're gone, that's it. Those people who go through the tribulation, what's going to happen to them? Okay, Bonita said it. See, the truth is there's a lot of people. I've had people come to me and say, will there be anybody saved in the tribulation? The answer is thousands and thousands and thousands of people are going to believe. Listen, when you get to the tribulation, can you go, well, I don't know, what's the slide before this one? Yeah, when you get to this tribulation time period, and we're going to get to this, at the very beginning of the tribulation, 144,000 Jewish people are going to trust in Jesus Christ, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes, and they're going to begin to spread the message. The nation of Israel as a whole is going to believe in Jesus as Messiah and Savior. And there are going to be people all over this world who are going to believe in Christ, thousands and thousands and thousands. So... It's going to be horrible for them. But there will be people trust in Christ during the tribulation. So we do everything we can before we're gone. And we should be sharing our faith. We should be taking all those gospel of John's. Listen, we got six or 7,000 of them. Y'all better take those things and give them out because we, we need to just give them to people. I, I, I was going to... Well, let me just throw this out. I should have brought this. I got a... We got a email to the church new, uh, uh, office, not to any one of us individually, but he said, Dear Stillwater Bible Church, I found one of the Gospel of John's that you are handing out to people. I want you to know that you are leading people astray by telling them it is only by faith in Christ. He goes on to say that Jesus said you must repent of your sins, you must be baptized, you must give your life, you must be willing to serve. So he said, I am afraid you are leading people astray since they will believe that it is only by faith that a person is saved. And then he put two verses down, both of them saying that we're false teachers. Okay, now, it's doing his job. This guy read it. What did he read? He didn't read something we wrote. What did he read? The Gospel of John. He thinks the Gospel of John is wrong. I want him to realize this is the Gospel of John that says believe, 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 believe. So he read it and he understood it, didn't he? Think about the person who reads it 
and believes it. See, so we got to get these out because it's the, if, you, if you said, what would be the best thing to ever put in anybody's hands? You'd say, well, the Gospel of John, but that means we have to give out all these Bibles. No, we don't have to give out all the Bibles. We've got all the Gospel of John's in a little bitty book that you can hand to anyone. So it makes... Yeah, he did. He did. Not yet. Oh, I'm just going to say, you know, your problem is not with us. It's with the Gospel of John. Read it carefully. It's accurate and true. But, you know, that. that anyway, the bottom line is, uh, go back. Just that we're talking about this time period, and some say church goes through it, some say the church goes halfway through it. We say we never go through it, and the reason why is this has nothing to do with the body of Christ. It has to do with... With Israel, and we got just a just a little bit of time left. And what I what I want to show you something is this: Could you go uh, to the post review, the slide that shows the post review? Okay, remember what we said. What did they say right here? The rapture and the second coming are what? Same thing. Uh, we tell you they're not the same thing, and I want to show you how we know this. Okay. Now, if you'll flip on forward to the one that says there's a distinction. Okay, the post-tribulation view says rapture and second coming are the same event. Okay. The pre-trib view says the rapture and second coming are different events. Okay, so let's look at this next one. There is a distinction between the rapture and the second coming. Now, are both events Jesus Christ coming. Don't write anything down yet. Are both events Jesus Christ coming in the clouds? Sort of, but not. He's coming. He's coming, right? But one of them, Jesus doesn't come to the earth, and the other one, Jesus does come to the earth. So let's look at it for just a second. Let me do this. Okay, let's think about it. Here's the rapture. Here's the second coming. In the rapture, Jesus Christ is coming in the clouds, right? In the second coming, he's coming where? To the earth. In the, in, the, in the rapture, he doesn't come to the earth. They're not the same event, okay? Second, believers are taken off the face of the earth. Is that right? In the rapture? If Jesus comes in the clouds, what's going to happen to you? You're going, okay? In the second coming, believers are coming to the earth. You know why? Because they're coming with Jesus to come back to the earth. Third, Christ goes back to heaven. In the second coming, Christ comes as the king and rules. They're not the same event. In the rapture, is the world judged at Jesus coming in the clouds? Is the world judged? No, he's gone. Okay, now it's going to start the tribulation time. But at the second coming, the world is judged. It's called the separation of the sheep and the goats. Matthew twenty four twenty five. Are there any signs for the rapture? Any signs? You need to know this. People say to you all the time, I think it's getting really close. And you go, it's been really close since Jesus came. Remember, when did the end time start? At the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when somebody says to you, I think we're in the end time, say, oh, yeah. Yeah, we've been in them for a long time. Listen, there aren't any signs. What if somebody says to you, but there's wars and earthquakes and rumors of wars and all of that. Are those signs for the rapture? They are not. There are no signs for the rapture. There are signs for the second coming. In fact, the entire tribulation is a sign. The Antichrist, the, the wars, the battle of Armageddon, the beast, the mark of the beast, all of the, those are signs as he's about to come. The rapture is mentioned only 
in the New Testament. Why? The rapture deals with the church. Is the church mentioned in the Old Testament? Yes or no? No, the church is a mystery. Listen, this, the second coming is mentioned in both Old and New Testament. The rapture is mentioned only in the New Testament. So listen, when somebody says to you, well, the rapture and the second coming the same thing, or Jesus is going to come, and when he comes, he's going to, you know, he's coming to the earth. Listen, remember I told you all about the amillennial view? See, amillennial view takes the same thing. They just don't have anything. The amillennial view is the next event Jesus comes, and when he comes, people go up and come right back down. The post-tribulation view, same thing. People come up, and they go right back down. But they're not, it can't be the same event. Because in this one, he doesn't come down. We're going back to the heavens. That's where he is. The world's not judged. There's no signs. It's not. This is a total different event. Now, you would like to see the rapture? First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians four thirteen through 18. Let's turn there real quickly. I think we can get this part. And, and if we have to, we'll stop right here and then we'll review this next time. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Now, I use this passage many times at funerals. When people come to me and we talk about uh, their loved one has passed away, and then we say things like, you know, we're going we're gonna to be with them again, right? Right? How do we know that? Well, here is a passage that deals with the rapture. Okay? Give me some, give me some things dealing with the rapture. Jesus comes where? In the clouds. Does he come to the earth? What happens to believers? We're taken off the face of the earth. Where do we go? To be with him in heavens. Is there a judgment on the earth? No. Are there any signs? No. Okay. Now, let's look at it. First Thessalonians. Five things about the rapture. First of all, if you're at First Thessalonians, he says this. He says, verse 13, I don't want you to be uninformed about all the people who've already died. So we believe Jesus died and rose again, so he's going to bring with him those who've fallen asleep in Jesus. Here's what he says, verse 16. For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now, I want you to notice that Christ is going to come in the clouds. It's not to the earth, in the clouds. Who's going to be resurrected? The dead in Christ. Who is that? That's That's people who are Christians, the church, who've died. Now, let me ask you a question. When somebody dies, where does their, and we're talking about Christians, where does their soul and spirit go? To be with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be, where does their body go? Goes in the ground. So when Jesus comes in the clouds, what does he say is going to happen? He says, he's going to shout, the shout with a descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. What's he talking about? Their bodies. He's not talking about their spirits. Spirits are already with him. They're coming with him. If you think of Grandma somebody who's been dead 25 years, and you say, oh, Grandma, when Jesus Christ comes, Grandma is coming with Jesus, and her body is going to be raised up out of the ground. Okay, what about us? Notice what he says. Then we who are alive and remain, that's us, will be caught up together with them in the clouds. Now, notice. The resurrection of the believers, we're all caught up in the clouds to be with the Lord. Now, it doesn't say we come to the earth. It doesn't say he sets up a kingdom. 
Notice what it goes on to say. Then we are alive and remain to be caught up together to meet, the, meet them in the clouds, not on the earth, but in the clouds, to meet the Lord where? In the air. And thus we'll always be with the Lord. We are reunited. There's a reunion with our loved ones who've gone on before us, who've trusted in Christ, whose bodies are in the grave. And if Jesus Christ came right this second, every one who has trusted Christ, who's passed away, is coming with him. Their bodies will immediately be raised up out of the ground. We who are alive and remain will be caught up together. First Corinthians says we'll be changed in the moment, in a twinkle of an eye, all of a sudden we'll have bodies that will not decay. That's called resurrection. There's going to be one generation of Christians that will never die physically. That's us. Okay? Hope it is. Oh, we we gonna we may die, but how many of y'all think he's coming back in your lifetime? See, some of you don't. You say I'm so old. He's probably gonna get. Well, no, he could come back any second, right? Could he come at any second? He could. Okay, and then what's what's the comfort? Therefore, comfort one another with these words. We're gonna be together forever. Okay, now. Oh, time is up. We've got to stop. Now, what I want to show you is the next time. Look, I want to show you this. Go to the next thing. I want to show you five things about the second coming and how they're not the same. Now, don't, don't forget this. We'll get this at the start of next week or the next time because th- I'm not sure. I'm, we're going to be gone next week. Am I right? I'm going to be gone next week. See, y'all can't forget this, right? You've got two weeks to put this in your brain. And then, but we'll go over that, and then we're going to go through the tribulation Event by event. So you can see how this fits. Then after that, we're going to go and I'm going to show you from the scripture how we know that the tribulation deals with the nation of Israel and not us. So there's a lot there. Okay, Heavenly Father, what a great morning. Thank you, Lord, for our study. Help us, Lord, as we continue to put together these great truths about uh, the Bible and about uh, the end times and the kingdom and the tribulation and the rapture and the second coming and all of these things and how they fit. May we be ready to give an answer to everyone for the hope that is within us. May help us, Lord, to put it together. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.